0: Little sip of water. Get
1: the drinks on. (laughs) Get
0: the drinks on. I got coffee right here too. Cause I man, let me tell you, struggling with little little, little man have us. He don't like to sleep. Sometimes he don't like to go to sleep. And sometimes he don't like to stay asleep.
1: Most most kids don't. Just remember. Just remember that's what you prayed for. You know what I'm saying? Right. You know.
0: (laughs) That's the blessing the Lord gave you. Just just remember. Right, right, right. Yes, man. In those times, sometimes like Lord, what have you done? People that that are married, young in their marriage or thinking about getting married and 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 they want kids. And you could be straight you could be straight in your marriage. You can be real good, but a kid brings up stuff Individually, you know, it's just like bringing up stuff to the surface and just co- like working together as a couple, trying to uh, parent and learning how to parent and all the man fatigue. You fight. it's just so many things, man. And it's it's just, um, it's been a test, bro, for real. And you know, man, you, you got two kids, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, definitely, man. You, you think that you're raising them, they end up raising you, you know, showing you how uh, how selfish you are, showing you. <laughs> uh you know how how much you have to serve you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. they they i mean especially at that age they're not contributing anything to the household budget or nothing they, they just take it take it take it take it <laughs> <laughs> you know what at least at least get potty trained and we don't gotta buy diapers no more you know
0: what oh, what man i know. just walked out the store with faux boxes <laughs> I'm like, if this dude don't start pooping in the toilet, <laughs> like, he better start pooping in the toilet cause this is like a hundred dollars at least yeah. we could be saving per month. We could be yeah. investing that hundred dollars. Yeah. But it's been wonderful bro, like for real. You know, seeing, seeing the world through his eyes and like as he's learning every day, discovering things and like just growing closer to us and growing closer to him, it's like, man, this is amazing, man, this is amazing. Welcome to the Life Beyond the Lens podcast, the podcast where we talk to artists about the things that push them, motivate them, and inspire them to create. What's going on, everybody? This is Ken Nelson, host of Life Beyond the Lens podcast. Hope you all are doing well. Hope you all are doing well. Look, I'm excited about my guest today. Um, I Me and his brother go back a little bit. I, I don't even remember. I, I kind of remember how we met. We can get into that story a little bit, but I, I I have my version of it, but I don't know if it's exactly accurate or not. So we're going to get into that, man. But I'm excited to have him on the show. Um, please welcome Tamajian, the Visionaire Jones. And, and before we get into it, I just want to I want to read his bio. Um, I'm, I'm going to go through the bio real quick because I'm just inspired by this dude. I don't know if I ever told him, but I, I've been inspired by him and. You know, from the beginning when I first found out about him and his team that, you know, he was working with and the films that they produced. And and I was inspired by them. man. And, and they gave me um, they gave me I, I learned from them just watching from afar and uh, gave me gave me hope that I could do this thing, man. And so let me just let me just read his bio really quickly. So um the Visionaire Jones in 2011. He, along with visionaries Walter Marshall and Daryl Bradford Jr., uh, formed Frame by Grace Films, a production team of Christian men who used the avenue of film to strengthen people's relationships with God and one another. In their debut film, A Love That Hurts, which is what I saw and, and when I first found out about these brothers, um, premiered in 2013, followed by The Sophomore Project, the three-time Emmy Award-winning documentary, Cody High. A life remodel project. Let me say that again. Um, three-time Emmy award-winning documentary. So we we got this is like a, 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 a the beyond the life, the life beyond the lens podcast history right here. I never had an Emmy, an Emmy winner on the podcast. So I'm gonna use this picture of you on your website right here, holding up the Emmy trophies right here. <laughs> and like so, he won three Emmys for the documentary "Cody High and Life Remodeled." project in 2014, and the third film, Life in Osborne*, was released in 2015. Um, In 2017, Timajian partnered with the union and then went on to produce and make his directorial debut with the film Saving Chastity, um, a film that explored the realms of teen life with a keen focus on the issues that too often misdirect their lives. Um, And it sheds light on the necessary outcomes of high-risk behaviors like substance abuse and teen dating and violence and teen pregnancy. John is passionate, oh, let me add to this actually, because um, it was last year, right? Uh, I believe it was last year and into this year, you did another project with the union entitled Hope 911. And that also focused on teens and explore um, suicide. It was about suicide prevention. Um, and so John is passionate about helping people discover their vision there within. In 2013, he started the 2020 Vision Group, a group that is dedicated to bringing their vision to life um tamajan loves travel photography he traveled to beijing Shanghai, china Shanghai, china Platora, Platora, i can't say that word ever i can never say it a whole lot of caribbean islands <laughs> <laughs> plethora. <laughs> plethora i can never say that word uh, puerto rico and photographed the pyramids of mexico uh, in mexico's yucatan peninsula um his current 2018 project Africa Through the Eyes of Visionaire took him to Africa two times, where he documented a 10-day journey through the historic sites of Ethiopia and a week in Luxor, Cairo, Egypt. He's been married 17 years to his queen, Tavia. Um, you guys have two kids. Um, you and Tavia met at Detroit CMA High School. Um, the prom king, queen. I can go on. Like, this is, I'm just, I'm excited. Look, Tamajian the Visionaire Jones. What's going on, brother? What up, though,
1: bro? What
0: up, though? How you doing? Oh man, I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm 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 a little tired. Like as we were talking about the youngins, but having these kids, man, and it's definitely challenging, but it's beautiful. And I've definitely over this last week, I've been running to the ground. <laughs> so I got my coffee in my hand, doing this podcast with my coffee.
1: Just, just think, man. there's a lot of people out here that's not tired, It's because they're not putting yeah. really in no work, right? so yeah yeah man you 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 must be doing something in order to be tired right so you know right right that's real around the house putting production company on and doing all the marketing all that stuff you got going on man definitely uh uh, you should be tired but you know
0: (laughs) (laughs) no man i appreciate you man look so i want to we can get into like how we met in a second i want to know more i don't think i ever asked you man i know you are Um, an engineer, Mm
2: -hmm.
0: and so let's go back to like, you know, back to your young days, man. Like, were you always wanting to be a filmmaker? Um, Just talk about that, man. When did it start for you?
1: So when did I fall in love with filmmaking? So it's not like the, when you fall in love with hip hop, right, this is when you fall in love with (laughs) with, with, with filmmaking. (laughs) <laughs> okay all right um from a from a filmmaking standpoint uh, it, i took this class at wayne state because i was an, an engineer right so a manufacturing engineering and i had to take this class called uh, arts and action and mm. in this arts and action class it was we had to go look at like diego Rivera thing and, and do a write-up on what we saw in the painting at the dia detroit institute of arts I know you got people worldwide listening to this podcast, so I, I wanted to explain. Make
0: sure. Make it right. <laughs> Detroit Institute of <laughs> Arts.
1: And, um, and then we had to analyze a film. I think it was Independence Day. And we had to look at, like, you know, how long did they have the shots on before they switched cameras? And, you know, and we just had to do a big write-up on the film. And I was like, oh, this is really cool. And then we had to shoot a film, but we had to edit it in camera. So we couldn't like use editing software. We had to shoot my part and then turn around and shoot that person's part and then shoot that other person's <laughs> yeah. part. Like whatever, yeah. you know, you see somebody running, you had to pull the camera over, show them running, then pull the camera. I mean, it was like crazy to do, <laughs> but it was fun. You know, so i was all like, oh, this. Is yeah. And that's when I really got like kind of, you know, serious about doing video, you know, and, um, and, and just to go back, in high school, I did a short film called Hanging High, um, mm-hmm. and a couple of people wrote it, and it was about, like, people who were in abusive relationships and stuff like that or whatever. It was, you know, smoking weed at the, mo- <laughs> the movie, uh, driving and stuff. I mean, it was all kind of crazy stuff, the movie. <laughs> And um, but it was an actual film that we shot in high school called Hanging High, and um, I don't know if I posted that on Facebook or not or whatever, But that was the first time I was like really introduced to filmmaking was when I was in the movie, a short film in high school. And then engineering school, and then it kind of rebirthed that that desire to do film. And to this day, like when I do any movie that I use, I use this notebook and the syllabus of arts and action is still on the front of that notebook. So any film that I do, like the last film I had, the script and you know shots scene uh shot list all that stuff was on this binder and on the front of it it had the syllabus of arts and action <laughs> you know kind of like what I used to kind of like hey this is where it really kind of like kicked off and, and started for me. And um then you know I got me a Mac computer in two thousand one or two thousand two little lampsade joint had iMovie on there. And you know, I was I was shooting spoof videos. I did like the Last Dragon 2002, a remake of the Last Dragon. <laughs> you know, me and my wife we got into an argument because she wouldn't, she didn't want to go to Fairlane and be a, in the elevator, looking out the elevator, being Vanity. I was like, you can be Vanity coming down, you know, singing something. Oh, that's hilarious! Night. I'd be videotaping it, and she she was like, Nah, bro, like you're, tri- <laughs> you're tripping, <laughs> you know, and um. You know, so we. I gotta I didn't, see that, man.
0: I you got it. You still got that.
1: I got, you got it somewhere. Bit, I got a little bit of that. We never shot the seventh heaven one because she she refused. Um, I, like I, I used to watch
0: had, Last Dragon like every... her.
1: I had her in. Uh, we went to Chicago and we went to Chinatown, and I bought this outfit for the for the the, the karate joint. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. I had her standing on the other side of the street videotaping me talking to Chinese people. <laughs> And I'm asking them about like where's the restaurant, but I wanted them to, to think that I was asking like, where, who, where's the master? And I was like, you know, I had the hat on, and you know. And, and, oh, and that's hilarious! Like, you about get me like in trouble? I'm up here trying to hide behind cars, and she's like, "Who did I marry?" <laughs> you
0: know what I'm saying? And, oh uh, man! So, how early? Hey, how early was? How long were you in your marriage at that point?
1: Probably two years, bro. This is two thousand and three. <laughs> We did this. I got married 2001. So, uh, so that bio is a little old because <laughs> we've been married, we'd be married 19 years,
0: 19, wow, yeah,
1: this year 2020. Um, but yeah, man, so that's, I mean, that's where I was doing wedding videos, you know what I'm saying? Everybody was yeah, doing a little yep. thing, and, and I was learning how to edit. And then in 2001, I mean, I'm sorry, 2011 is when I really. Got committed to to doing the film, and that's when I hooked up with Walter and and Daryl, and, and you know Walter went to school for filmmaking, right? Daryl right. went to school; he was doing sound and stuff there. And all three of us, with our unique backgrounds, we, we, we made a really good team to, to to you know put together our our first feature film.
0: Yeah, no, man. So I, my wife, um, man, praise God for wives, man. Seriously, because. <laughs> at I, I, first I would have never known about y'all if it wasn't for my wife again like she this is a recurring theme because like she's <laughs> she's always researching and finding things and saying you need to check this out so I remember man this was goodness it had to be like when did you guys I know we 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 were uh I think met met at a film festival that the the uh yeah. it was the Lansing capital city Film Festival yeah, yeah, yeah. and what so what year was that
1: 2000. 2013
0: I believe. Yeah, that's cause I was about to say 14, 13, 14. It been, so
1: it could have been 14 cuz we released uh Love the Hurts in in September of 2013 at the at the start okay, of yeah.
0: theater. So it was 14. Cuz I cuz um we had a short film in the Capital City Film Festival Love Positive. Right. And so but before that um my wife was like looking through through I think it was Facebook or something and she she stumbled upon you guys' uh web page for Love That Hurts. No, it wasn't a webpage. it was like a Vimeo. I think it was Vimeo, mm-hmm. but she somehow got there and she's like, Oh, we should watch this movie. And so we watched the film, and it was like, Man, who did it? It, they and she's like, They're local, it's some guys that are local, they did this, or Detroit, like they did this. Mm-hmm. I'm like, Wow, man, that was a good, it was a good film, good quality, good acting, like it was just a solid film. And I mean, to be 100, like you don't see a lot of solid indie right. films, right. low budget indie right. films coming out. Um And I'm like, wow, that was quality. And so she like hunted y'all information down and she was like, oh, you should reach out. And I forget, now I forget, it is where it's foggy for me. But like, I know, I think her reached out or something and said, hey, yeah, watch the film, I can't remember. But anyway, um we saw each other, we already knew of each other and then we saw each other officially at the film festival. And then I don't know. From there, we just kind of kept in touch off and on. But I know you and I didn't really work together until Saving Chastity. Is that that right? Like, when you you asked me to come on for like, it was like a day or two for Saving Chastity? Yeah. Or did we do something before that?
1: I was working together, but I think we kind of kicked it and talked a little bit, you know, just about filmmaking stuff or whatever. Yeah. Uh, I know you had ideas to stuff with E.T., and yeah, I, was, uh, yeah. I was a big fan of his because that kind of helped me get through a Love the Hurts because just listening to his thank God is Monday kind of things or whatever. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, you know, and I kind of, we kind of made a connection with that. And I thought he had yeah. introduced me to you, but I think it was another guy because I saw him speak out here. And, um, you know, so I and I thought it was you, but you, yeah, it you to said it, it wasn't you, but I'm like, all right, well, either way it go, man. You know, I support what you're doing. I, I appreciate. It.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. And, so um,
1: yeah, but then we then we did some uh, the stuff of saving chassis. Y'all came through and saved a day for me, man. Because I needed I needed some audio <laughs> that day and you can't, So then sort
0: of with this 42 channel mixer, whatever that oh, was. Man, a boom mic and some lobs and that was fun man.
1: only filmmakers understand the pain that you have working with all volunteers you know um when you don't have like the the, the proper budget to pay people who are professional and and um you gotta have people who've never held a boom mic before who never you know set up a light or whatever you know and it's like it's painful and then I needed some 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 laughs that day, you know. Y'all y'all came through, man. It was like a breath of fresh air, man. <laughs> y'all
0: came. Oh man. Through.
1: Y'all man helped helped help to do that scene, man. They kicked us out of school because we you know it was, it was, we only had it for so so long.
0: Man, you know. it was it was man, it was fun, bro, for real. And no, and I think that's that's when I was like, oh, you you a cool dude, like, and just how you treat your people and say, even in how you handle like uh, how you handle uh, uh, challenges, because there was a lot of challenges. Like you said, you know, with, with some of the actors and and, and people being laid, and some people not sure. And, and but this is how you handle yourself under that the pressure and the challenges. You were always graceful and you treated people well. And then like, I don't um, say
1: I don't get upset though.
0: Yeah, no, right, right, right. <laughs> you know,
1: what right. I mean, the Bible says be angry, but I not. As long as I'm right. not sinning. I can be angry, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> were you when you're dealing with everything? You know, and it's like you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, so, so. But yeah, too, like,
0: yeah. I couldn't tell. I <laughs> say I couldn't tell if you were angry. You know,
1: it depends. On, like, like, like it's so much stuff that goes on when you're doing a film, man. And there's so many things that can go wrong. You can't stay on top of everything, you
0: know. Right.
1: And um, you know, so, so if you are angry. You can only be angry for so long before you distract it from doing something else. So it's like, right. you know, my biggest thing is like, can we fix this situation? Can we do something different? And then, okay, all right, then I can be angry later on. But right now, let's get back to work and let's let's get this thing done. You know, let's know what get I'm it
0: done. so what did you learn? Because you say Walter went to school for filmmaking. Um, Daryl went to school for 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 it as well. I think Daryl went to Michigan State because I know Daryl and I were at Michigan State together, but we never really crossed paths. Like, um, so you know, so they're coming from that background, and you come in. You were like, you served like producer role right, on these projects, right?
1: That's correct.
0: And kind of like probably I'm sure producer and whatever else that needed to be done.
1: Yeah, man, I was I I was doing stuff that I didn't even know the name of it. You know the name of the position, right? They like, okay, we need you to do the slate. Okay, I'm, I'm, I'm the slate dude. <laughs> you know, uh, he told me I want you to be the script supervisor, and I'm like, okay, what's, what's the script supervisor do? I mean, you know, so I literally had to go to school to study all the different terminologies that I was supposed to do, right? So he said I was responsible for sending out the call sheet, and I'm up at like. What's the call sheet? What's the call sheet? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, like somebody got a template or something. I mean, you know, and it's like, man, like this is a lot of stuff, man. But the good yeah. thing about from what I what I did was, I'm a manufacturing engineer, so I study processes. You know, mm. you, every process you got a series of inputs and outputs, and you got a process in between that, right? If I can understand mm-hmm. what the inputs are. And then what the end result is, I can figure out how we can streamline this process and make it better. Right. Mm. But but until I learn what a cost sheet is, I can't make it efficient or or do anything with it, you know? And they were like, hey, pass me the 20 millimeter lens. And I'm like, what's a 20 millimeter lens? Like, like, you know. You know, having a, a Sony Zoom camera is totally different than that's when we was using the, the, the Mark II had just came out and we was doing that or whatever, changing lenses and stuff. I'm like, that's big time. Now we put putting lenses on camera. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm just looking over the shoulder at they, at what they did. And before we shot the film, it's another thing I wanted to, to bring up. Um, everybody that we had in the crew, we had like some DVDs that we ordered that told you the ins and outs of filmmaking from a sound standpoint and a lighting standpoint, right? So it was probably like two hours worth of classes on sound, the different kind of mics, the different kind of boom, boom mics it is, the different levels that you're gonna have, how would you mix it? I mean, it was just like, just not, never being on a film set myself, that was really helpful for me to understand what is, the 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 process of capturing sound right wow. what is so you process?
0: ordered those you said you ordered those for yourself
1: no as a team, it was all three of us
0: as we a team as had, a, as a team. team okay you okay. Know?
1: and then as we would have people get on board you know they would come over we would all watch it together and stuff like that and you know so going into it we were trained but it's only so much training you can do you know it's like reading how to swim from a book you Know, what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like you're right, right. techniques down, but until you jump in that, pool, you gotta get thrown in, you, yeah. you, know, you don't know what's going on with this swimming thing. You know, you think you got it together, but you realize you really don't have it, don't have it
0: together, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm.
1: But as we, as we, as we are like our first day on the set, it was like this is pretty exciting. Everybody was happy, you know, everybody was cool, and we were doing the thing by like the fifth to the sixth day. It was like, man, this is. You're dragging it. <laughs> you lose the excitement. You need something else yeah. to push you, you yeah. know what I'm saying, to, to do it. But, um, you know, just, just to answer your question, man, um, it was very difficult from a filmmaking standpoint. I just had to stick to the producer role because I knew how to coordinate people, the sites. I was bringing actors on, people that I knew. Um, we had to get some people to, to make food for us and all that stuff or whatever. So I was coordinating all of that. You know, and um, and me having my manufacturing engineering degree that really helped me out because I was able to. We got something in, in manufacturing called changeover, where you have to change this machine over to a different style or a different model, right? And then I looked at it. I'm like, okay, well, if we go from the living room scene to the kitchen scene, there's a changeover involved. Okay, so what can we do to set up the kitchen scene ahead of time? So whenever it's time for us to change over from the living room scene to the kitchen scene, what can we do to make that process faster,
2: mm-hmm. all
1: right? Where all you got to do is just bring the sticks over and we basically set up. So do we need to get an extra pair of lights and have somebody in there working on that while we shooting over here or whatever, you know? So we were just, there's a lot of tricks and stuff that you can do to, you know, streamline your pro- your movie making process. You know, and that's 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 just part of it. It's a whole lot of other stuff. Yeah, I, mean, I, work yeah, I was gonna for say that's more, a more
0: efficient. You know? Yeah, I said that's a lot in there to unpack. Like even for people listening, that and I, I want to go more into this, but people that's listening that may be new to film or interested in moving into film and they're in a different discipline. It's like think about your transferable skill set from that discipline. Because I was gonna ask you that. I was gonna ask you like, how does being an engineer, you know, um, f- like? Bleed over into being a filmmaker, and you answered it beautifully, man. And so, yeah, people listen if you have that, don't like think that you have to throw away, you know, another talent or set another talent that you may have or 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 a skill set. I like can say, like, how can it again, how can you transfer those skills over into the filmmaking? Because we we look at films sometimes and we see those above the line, you know, we see like the directors and the actors mm-hmm. and the writers, and it's like everybody want to do that, but it's just like there's so many things. That so many uh, things that have to happen behind the scenes to make a film come together, yeah. and like you said, like those organizational things and understanding cost sheets and organizing it and mobilizing people and getting people together, and making sure people know what time they need to be there, and like making sure there's food there, and making. Sh- I mean that that is one thing can you know can cause an entire entire day to be ruined, which which push you back.
1: Yeah. And 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 realize this is this is like 2011, before we had a lot of these fancy software systems,
0: software so yeah that,
1: that you can use to do a lot of stuff. So this is what we did, man. We literally it was my wife and I. We took the script and we broke it down and we put everything in Excel, and we made like what well, we can do sorts for scenes, for wardrobe, for. Everything, you know what I'm saying? So we knew at this scene, we can pull up this this person's wardrobe. We know who's all in the scenes. You know what I'm saying? So we literally come on, y'all did that in Excel. We took all that put in Excel. But I'm gonna tell you this, bro. It took us forever to do. But when we was on the set, (laughs) we pulled out the iPad. That's when them iPad twos first came out. I still got that joke, right? We pulled out the iPad (laughs) and pulled up Excel, man. And bro, because. Everything that we was able to sort, we just called it our command and control center. Like, like, you know what I'm saying? Who what outfit they supposed to have on? Who's supposed to do this and that? And it was all in there, you know what I'm saying? And um one time somebody they brought the wrong outfit or whatever. And we were like, What outfit are they supposed to have? We pulled up the sheet, boom, you know, it was wow. it was right there, right? And um, but that that's an engineering like pivot tables and all this other stuff that we think that we probably would never use. We literally put that to work. And we had, you know, we were doing sorts <laughs> and all that stuff. Wow. But now you can go, you just pay $20 a month or whatever. And you know, all that and you stuff. you get on, on it. On Celtics or whatever. You can do all well, that, that stuff now. You know, Tavia um, engineer too. Yeah, Tavia's industrial engineer, right? So, industrial. Oh, yeah, wow. so we both was like, I'm manufacturing Power couple up in there. He's industrial engineer. And, and we was down there putting all that stuff in there. You know, and we call it prop. We had a prop list. You know, what's all the props? Boom! Here's all the props that we need to buy. So we give this person the list to go buy everything. And these are the props that we need for these locations. Okay, these are the props that we're bringing for the day. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? And and, but once you build the tool, like that's the hard part. But it literally saves so much time in the filmmaking process that you can just use this as a reference and pull up anything about the film we had script in there we we had everything man so but yeah you know that engineering background helped us right you know, to the point where our last movie you know we shot that in five days
0: yeah yeah you know, yeah that's oh, a yeah.
1: feature film that was like seven yeah. minutes and it wasn't that i mean i know tyler Perry shot a movie in five days <laughs>
0: But he, you know, he, you know,
1: Yo, he he
0: should he got quite a little, he got a little bit more to work he,
1: with. He should be able to have a budget to really pay for a real main movie that was shot in five days. right. But I'm just saying that film that we shot in five days, if we would have shot it in 2011, it probably would have took us 25 30 days because <laughs> we learnt, we didn't know all the stuff that we know now, right? Yeah, you know. So as yeah. you as you do more films you know you want to be more efficient but you don't want to for say quality right you want to make sure you got good quality products
0: you know right that's real man cuz i came on um hoping i when you asked me to, to ad and i'm like bro i'm like i i i, I never cuz you know when i think about ad i think about okay super organized um you 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 making sure people and i'm just like Bro, my only gift is I feel like, I, you know, directing actors, putting stories together, and and mm-hmm. like bringing teams together, and and kind of letting people do their thing. And I'm like, Ad, I don't know. To my, it, <laughs> I was like, but but you know, but but I th- I picked up a lot from sincerely Brenda, like having that team and watching them how they operated, how they kept me. On time and listening to that lingo, understanding like you said, you like the cost sheets. And when you, when we work together to put the call sheets together and we kind of map things out beforehand, and and like you said again, having that experience beforehand, doing sincerely, Brenda, knowing that we got this location only for this day, or we we gotta be out of here at this time, and we have to be efficient. Um, it, it, it helped me to be able to help you with that five-day shoot because that was a lot. Like you said, it was seventy. Pay. It was like that. Was, that's people. You gotta understand, like like sometime when you write a script, like even it's a short film and, and, you know, it was, well, it was about 60, but it ended up being 70 pages. Still, a 60 is a lot, it's a feature film really. And so you, you gotta do like 10, pretty much more than 10 pages a day. Like, yeah. and it seems simple when you read the scene, you're like, oh, okay. Yeah. Like, this location, is simple.
1: just change the angle? Yeah. No.
0: <laughs> no, it's not. It, it literally like a page could take you four hours. If you're no, not yeah, no, no question. efficient, you know, more than that, it de- you know, depending on what you're doing. And so it was a lot, man. But, you know, we got it. Let me let me. So this this explains a lot, man, talking about your process behind the scenes, because I um when I saw you, the the, the finished product and then even like you guys rollout of the film, the premiere and the marketing and everything, it was just like so high level. And I was like, I had never seen um indie filmmakers and this was in 2013 you know so it it, it wasn't like all like with social media and all that, it just wasn't as much as as in your face like it is now and you're seeing more f- filmmakers doing stuff and and so I saw the level of the execution of the premiere the the products the marketing like the quality of everything and I was blown away like who are these brothers like I'm like who are they and so um Hearing this side of it, it explains a lot to me because I'm sure all that, like you said, the background in engineering and then just you guys are, you know, you, you, you're you operating in the spirit, you know, the spirit of excellence, but also the spirit of God, like, and you moving forward in purpose. And so you can see all that coming through. And that explains a lot, man. I, this is really, I'm like, oh, okay. Now I see how everything was so excellent. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, yeah, I- but I... I Go ahead, yeah, go
1: ahead. You definitely have to have, um, you know, you, you got to pick your team, you know, and, and you can't just get anybody, right? So I always look at people and be like, okay, um, like, like, like with Walter, you know, Walter. I've been knowing Walter for a long time, and you know, he was always into film or whatever. But one time, Walter, he had got into, um, he got into a situation where. He was like hey you know uh he was doing like lawn care stuff or whatever you know and i I'm, i was real particular about how i wanted my grass done you know what i'm saying and i do my grass because i wanted to look like really good or whatever and walter came and uh he cut my grass edged it up. i mean when i got home i was like yo like not too many people like touch up the grass like the way that i would you know what i'm saying and when I saw that, like the level of detail and craftsmanship I just cutting the grass was, yeah. I'm like, you know what? I, I can walk, I can rock with Walter. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we and we worked on some some video projects like for our church and stuff or whatever. So when it was time to like put together a team and it was like, yo, man, I can I can rock with him because his level of of um production value, his eye is definitely something that that's good, and I know it will, yeah. will be well. And then, even when I met Daryl, I met Daryl and Walter two different ways. Like I met Daryl when I was uh, I was doing a poetry event, and he was filming the poetry event, and we just talked mm-hmm. after it. And, and then we ended up going to share the gospel downtown or whatever. So we, me and Daryl, knew each other differently, and then come to find out, Daryl and Walter started working together. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you didn't know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so. so mm-hmm. And, and Daryl had a good level of professional living and neat. Like Daryl is probably the most organized person that, that I know. You know what I'm saying? So you couple the organization of Daryl, the the eye for detail with Walter, and then my level of excellence when it comes to putting it all together and making sure that, you know, we demand excellence
2: mm-hmm. from each
1: other. Like I wanted everything to have a level of excellence. Like when we did our premiere for Love That Hurts, we rented out the Star Theater, and we had to rent out three movie theaters in order to fit everybody there. So 1,300 wow. people showed up for our, our debut film, right? We had giveaways for book. We were giving our resources. We have uh, a couple doing ballroom dancing before the movie even started. You know what I'm saying? Just, just wow. to show, right? The red carpet. I'm like, yo, with the red carpet, got to be sweet. I want roses. We want, like... We wanted people to walk in and have an experience and be like, you know what? This is high-class treatment, and we haven't even stepped into the movie theater yet. You wow. know what I'm saying? And that's the level of excellence that we all aim for. And then when it all came together, it was just it was just beautiful, you know?
0: Yeah, you yeah. Know?
1: So, um, you know, you, you have to – you can't settle for mediocrity, you know, especially when it comes to – you know, some stuff you just you have to settle because you have no other choice. But that shouldn't be the norm. That should be like an outlier. <laughs> right. You know what right. I'm saying?
0: Right. It's,
1: it's a lot of mediocrity in films, period. Not mention independent films.
0: It's a lot. And I think because you can get away with the audience. Sometimes the audience doesn't demand more. You know what I'm saying? Um, and you can kind of get away with it. And you're like, oh, you know, it was it. it and that's why I'm that's why again, back in 2013, seeing that, I'm like, yo, this is, this is another level with everything, the entire package, so this is just, man, and I never asked these questions, you know, I never uh talked to you guys really about it, I mean, we talked about, I mean, we can go on for days talking about you guys, just your distribution, how you guys, that, I mean, that's a whole nother uh, podcast about, about that situation and things like that happen with that, but, you know, um,
1: so, so so let me let me let me tell you a, a funny story. Like you, you probably get the exclusive on this one, right?
0: Okay, so, okay. So
1: we, we 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 got a distribution deal with uh, for Cody High. This is before we got the Emmy Awards for it, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: <clears throat> we go down to this conference. I probably leave the conference nameless, and they had like a pitch pitch fest where we was able to pitch our movies to distributors. And we end up getting like the one of the best distributors that we wanted on board. Right? So while we're down there, we also talked to somebody else who have a um they got some distribution out in, I don't know, somewhere overseas, right? You know, they just wanted to just put the film in this one little pocket out here. And we're like, okay, cool. So the distributor asked for exclusive rights to the film. And we're like, okay. We responded and, and asked, okay, just a quick question. I, we know you want exclusive rights. Can we get, like, have another company just service this particular area in the world? Like, like you know, I don't know, let's say like Vietnam or like somewhere like out there, like nobody really rock with or whatever, you know? And I got a respond email back that says, I see you're making moves at this conference. Um, I just want to let you know that we're pulling the deal off the table. So enjoy the distribution that you got with the other company. We're no longer interested. Wow. I'm like, what? What? what, what hold, hold, hold on. Wait. Did that- so. I, I went back through the email and I'm like, you know, like, we all read this email that I sent to him. Like, well, there's nothing really wrong. Like, if you want the answer, all you got to do is say no, right? Like, no, mm-hmm. we want exclusive. No, instead of saying no, they pulled the deal completely off the table. And I'm up and like, well, <laughs> what's going on? This, but, but understand, this is Cody High before mm-hmm. we got the Emmy Award, mm-hmm. right? So then we talked to another company. Called Vision Video. I can't put their name out there because that's the distribution deal that we end up getting. And Vision mm-hmm. Video treated us wonderful, answer questions or whatever, and we end up rocking with Vision Video. And lo and behold, Cody High gets an Emmy Award. You know, gets multiple wow. Emmy Awards. Yep. You know what I'm saying? And not Vision Video. Like, hey, cool. But <laughs> mm-hmm. there's another company who just played us to the left, and I was like, yo, as an independent filmmaker. Dealing with distribution companies and stuff like that, all that—it's all kind of craziness that goes on, and I don't know how I can even give anybody advice on how to navigate that. I mean, what was I supposed to do? Let's not say nothing at all, just take it, or like I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, what do you do do in those kind of situations? But I'm just saying that those those are kind of things that we had to get through in
0: distribution. I was like did they pull it to play hardball? I think you guys would come back and be like okay okay and they, uh, and they, they you know they just even, totally just they
1: wouldn't even answer our
0: emails though. No. Oh, that's weird, man. Yeah, that's Yeah.
1: Yeah. I was like, yo, wow. just, I don't know what what happened, man, but you know, I'm glad we was able to get with uh with Vision Video and uh what they was able to do with our with our product and whatever, you know. But anyway, um I just had to give you the exclusive, you know, no, it... story and we got tons of stories but you know
0: <laughs> i know that's a whole other podcast to so tell people the the do's and don'ts the do's and don'ts
1: of, yeah. of filmmaking
0: uh, yeah <laughs> no like with Cody Hido you guys um what well, was what i always found interesting about you guys and, and you 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 uh, kind of like with your documentaries you produced them in kind of a non traditional way I guess well, you know, documentaries. Actually, this is probably a little more traditional for documentaries than it would be for like narrative films. But you guys, you uh, worked with an organization to produce um, Cody High Life Remodeled, and for Life in Osborne too. Or was Life in Osborne independent?
1: No, Cody High was more. Cody High was more of of our film, framed by Grace. You know, Um, Walter pretty much took. You know. The, the bull by the horns and really put that, put the, put the whole company on his shoulder and and really produce uh, Cody high. And, okay. And uh, I mean, like as far as the filming and all that, he literally spent a year, you know what I'm saying? And at Cody putting together that film. So I definitely want to wow. give him his, uh, his shout out, you know, awesome director or whatever. And then um, life in Osborne was more of a partnership with, with um, life Remodel you know okay and it was like and then end up being their movie and then they end up putting it on YouTube for everybody to see and um so you can watch uh life and osborne for free on YouTube right now you know and um and all we really all they really wanted to do was just show all of the awesome work of different community leaders, business leaders, church leaders coming together to make an impact on the community you know that we live in you know so okay. Um, but yeah, and then um, you know, the, the last two films that I that I've done was with nonprofit organizations as well, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Saving Cassidy was with the union. They wanted to put together a curriculum to help people deal with uh, premarital sex and teaching kids how to have make smart decisions. And then Hope Nine One One is about teen suicide prevention. So a lot of mm-hmm. these teens are, you know, are really committing suicide. You know, and the statistics are showing that we are really being impacted, especially in the uh, African-American community. So, you know, like I, I, I tend to lean more towards these nonprofit organizations that are really trying to make a change in a society. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And if we can t- use our art to help them do that, um, you know, I think it's I think it's a win win.
0: Yeah, man. And, and, and it leads me to your documentary um, that came to see when you premiered it at the uh, African-American Arts Museum in Detroit. And I, I thought, man, it's, if so the documentary is called um, Africa Through the Eyes of a Visionaire. And you can talk more, you can talk about this, man. I, I thought it was very well done, very interesting. The, the knowledge that you get from the history of, of like, Christianity in Ethiopia, I didn't know any of this stuff like I didn't know any and so yeah man and it was just I think to see like I I love one of my one of my uh dreams is to go over to like Ghana and and after seeing a documentary now Ethiopia to like really see I love old I love history I love old Mm. um monuments and buildings and 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 it's just amazing to me that you know you could touch something that's been around for Thousand, thousands and thousands and thousands of yeah. years is still there yeah. and, and to stand in the spot where like you know jesus could have been or to stand in these spots where it's just like to me it's it's just crazy man and so talk about i mean how did you get this i mean where does this idea come from and just to 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 uh and i don't and I know re- I, before i you go into it let me actually let me hold this thought here i'm gonna come back to this i want to ask this question because um, you, you talked a lot about working with Walter and Daryl, and like they went to school for it, uh, and they were just, I mean, they were trained heavily in in media, and I remember us having a conversation eh, when you when you had your director- directorial debut, and you were talking about kinda going off and doing this, and, and you were used to working with the guys, and now you're kinda doing this thing on your own, and you had some, just some doubts, you know what I'm saying? Talk about, I want to, I, I, I would have never known that if you had to say anything. Because you always come off to me as you come off as a dude. Like, you're like, look, I might have just throw myself into this. Like, and figure it out and do it. And you kind of had that confidence. You're not afraid. It, it came off, you're not afraid to fall on your face. Like, you're going to do it and get it done. And so I, I saw that and I always respected that. And then when you told me that, I was like, wow, I didn't even realize that, man. And so talk, I guess, talk about how you made that leap. Like, um, what was that? like to, to, to go off on your own and put together, you know, these films and then we can go back into um, the documentary, the big because that was a big documentary that you put together.
1: Yeah, it's an excellent question, man. Um, so I, I guess I can frame it by saying that, you know, Walt and Daryl, they were they were definitely phenomenal. But I learned a lot from looking over their shoulders, you know, sitting in the editing room to seeing how they frame up stuff and you know um, I remember we were shooting at like a factory one time for love that hurts and um, Walter was looking through the lens and he was like so frustrated at the way it was looking and I'm like what's wrong and he says "It's, it's looking like a comedy and I'm like what does a comedy look like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like, how can you even imagine, you know what I'm saying? But he was just talking about, like, it was no shadows. It was just, everything was flat. But I didn't understand all of that. You know what I'm saying? And, but he did. And I'm like, okay, well, let me understand what, what, what comedies look like. Let me, you know, and, and dive into it. And um, so, you know, we, we do these three films. Walter goes to work in Lansing. And then Daryl got an awesome job where he moved to uh, Grand Rapids to work at a college and do film there, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and now I'm stuck here in Detroit by myself. Like, mm-hmm. okay, I still want to make movies, but, you know, how can I go about doing it? So, mm-hmm. um, and I really felt nervous because, you know, I didn't have that that eye for for that, that frame the way that Walter did. I didn't have a sound the way D- Daryl did, but I, so I, I kind of put together a team that can put those things together. But I also did a lot of research on my own about what I wanted. So what you got to do as a filmmaker, you don't have to be an expert at DPN or an expert at sound or an expert at whatever, but you should know enough to be able to communicate your vision. Right. Right. Yeah. So so I began to study like, you know, lighting and, you know, shooting and frame rates and all that depth of field and all that beautiful things that come with filmmaking. Even when it came to makeup, you know what I'm saying? I started watching tutorials on makeup or whatever, because I want to be able to tell the makeup artist, hey, do it this way. Right. Mm -hmm. So so I can communicate to you as a DP and uh Aja Vaughn came through and really held it down for me on that. But I was able to communicate to him what I wanted, you know, and, and what, what what looks good, what don't look good, you know. And he, and he like, yeah, man, should we do a Dutch angle? I'm like, oh yeah, let's do a Dutch angle. Like, dude, I know what a Dutch angle means, you know? Right, like, right. You right. know, yeah, let's do it. It's perfect, you know. And um so, so I, I definitely had a lot of reservations for that, but I wouldn't have learned about all the aspects because even when I, when we did the script and everything, we broke down the script. I always, we always had a team to break down the script and all that, mm-hmm. you know, this is the first time I had to break down the script, but I wanted to learn it so I can know how to do it. You know, we set the schedule mm-hmm. up, we sent out all the information. So, I mean, it was, it was, it was, it was an experience, man. So that was my first time directing, but a lot of people who was on the set, when I told him that it was my first time directing, they was like, "I can't tell," because mm-hmm. I, I've been around it for the last three, four films, yeah, and I know what it takes to make it happen. To the point where I felt comfortable doing it, even though mm-hmm. I was still, I was still fearful of, of of failing, but I was confident enough to know that I wouldn't fail. I don't mm-hmm. know if that makes any sense. No, it
0: makes sense. Yeah, you
1: know, yeah. It's like I don't want this like. Like the last thing I do is be like, "Hey, Emmy Award-winning filmmaker, makes this trash movie." <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> no, like I, I can't fall out, you know. And um, you know, we, we had the film, we we showed the film, man, and uh, the kids that watch it, they love it, man. And um, you know, I'm really I'm really proud of that, you know, of that of that film. And um, you know, they're actually getting ready to show it this, um, this this this. I don't know if you're gonna date this whole thing or whatever, but they're showing it for, for Keys to Life. Um, it's a curriculum they're doing a summer camp, and they're gonna mm-hmm. show the film and teach the curriculum about you know making healthy decisions. Uh, I think it's starting in next week or in two weeks from now.
0: Oh wow, and this is for saving chastity.
1: This is for saving chastity.
0: Yeah. Okay, wow, yeah. Talk about Hope you 911. Know. Yeah, we didn't talk about Hope 911. Yeah, and yeah, hope not. And it, you know, I enjoyed myself. At hope 911. And we had, you know, again, you put together a good team, A really good team. Um, you know, DP, shout out to Jeremy, you know, like yeah. I mean he was excellent. Um and, I,
1: I figure if you if you put together the right team, you communicate the vision, you know, that's the that's all you gotta do is just don't mess anything yeah. up. man. like I say, just yeah. get out of the way, right? You know. Yep. And um, so you did an awesome job. You even helped out with the script too, you know. And, yeah, um, yeah, you know even that I was like my hey. man. Yeah, man, CJ. Uh, I gotta give a shout out to CJ Brown. CJ, yeah, yep. with that script um, for both of them for Saving Chastity and um, Hope, Hope 911. Mm-hmm. And then uh, you and I kind of tweaked uh, Hope 911 to 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 bring it up to where, where we wanted it. And um, you know, you did an awesome job too, jumping in doing what it what it took. Okay. You know, man,
0: I appreciate it, man. It was look, we had to get it done. Yeah, it, it was, it was, it was fun, man. Like. It was it's a lot of work you know but it's just it's worth it man when you saw like and everybody was great man everybody like was the morale never really dropped like I remember that one day it was a long it was the it was the whole house scene kidnap scene you know and the dad to come yeah. I mean that was a long day it was it was and that the morale never dropped
1: yeah that that was yeah, it was a lot it's a lot. I can I can go into that too cuz but but having like, you know, like Vicky was there to mm-hmm. to coordinate a lot of stuff, man, and uh, Shout out to
0: Vicky, man. She's and, awesome, man. Scoop yeah. soup.
1: I met Vicky at a film festival too for Love that Hurts. You know, yeah. this about Nobody or something like that or whatever, but you know, she came through like a trooper. You know, everybody, you know, did the thing and then chatting. We, we, we edited that joint. Like we were editing yeah. the first day. We had such a fast turnaround for that film. I mean, it was yeah. like we, we, we got the finished script the end of June. And the delivery date for the film was the end of September, like September 27th. So we went from script, finished lock script to casting in July, July 4th. To shooting August third, and then we shot for a weekend, and we came back and shoot shot another whatever it was. It was like five days, and then from August twenty seventh to September twenty sixth, we edited that whole film. Wow, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? And I'm up at like that was crazy.
0: Yeah, but yeah,
1: it was, it was, it was beautiful, man.
0: Yeah, yeah, well, it came together well, man. And I hate I couldn't make the premiere, like to see. I forget. I think I was out of time. I was something was going on. I couldn't make it. But I mean, you told me about the um the response, and I remember you said, <laughs> I remember you said, because you you knew you you had certain areas where you're like, okay, I know they're gonna respond this way. I know they're gonna respond that way to that. And I think it was one of the episodes where you like it was so quiet in the room and you're like oh man we didn't fail right. and then you said you you got responses and people was just crying and it was so quiet that they didn't want to Exactly,
1: wanna... exactly it was it was one of those things it was like when we we're editing this so when he wrote the script there were certain sections that he did extreme research on like mm-hmm. when you when you' getting ready to commit suicide and you call a call center it's certain things that they tell you, that has to be right. Like, we can't put our own little twist on right. the, the, the interaction between a person that's getting ready to commit suicide and a call center person. Like, that mm-hmm. was drawn out, and we thought that it was going to be so much that we are going to lose people.
0: Oh, that was the first episode. That's right, yeah. it
1: was. I think it was episode two. Um, but
0: oh, yeah, it was the end of the first episode into episode two. Yeah. yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. All of episode two, and it was like, Man, like I think we are losing them. Like we're not getting the reactions that, you know, yeah. you know and it was so quiet. And then like at the after the episode one, I think they clapped. And then after episode two, nobody clapped. They didn't do anything. <laughs> I'm like, dude, we didn't get claps. Like we didn't get claps, you know, like they didn't man. And and then episode three, then they they started getting hyped. and at the by the end of the movie they were screaming at the at the at the screen, mm-hmm. right? It was was a beautiful thing and then people was telling me episode two had me crying it was i was like really (laughs) you know and um you know as a filmmaker you always are are interested like any of us can always go into a film that where where our film is being showed and just sit back and watch the audience react to certain scenes And it's like, did they laugh at that? And like, it was stuff that wasn't supposed to be funny that they were laughing at.
0: I'm like, hold on. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, no, that's real. Don't
1: laugh at stuff that you expected to be funny. It was like, okay, well, you know, we're gonna fix this on the next film.
0: We're gonna fix it. I could always gauge, sincerely, Brenda, when we, when we were screening, screening the movie, I could always tell what type of audience I was gonna have. Um, in the particular scene, in the beginning, it's about, it's about 10 minutes into the film, It's when uh, the mom and it's a flashback scene. And this when um, little man is like he want to see his dad and and like he get, you know, mouthy with his mom and she smacks him. He says, I hate you. And she smacks him. Now, this is the part where I'm like this. okay? I know which type of audience we have because either people (laughs) who will be they would be if they were quiet during that scene i'm like okay we got a weird audience like we got they you know and, and it was all the audience ended up being good but i'm like okay but but like that slap would be like you would hear people like oh, oh. And then, and then she slaps, and then right after the slap, she's like, I never wanted you. Then he's like, oh, so it's like a, it's like a, uh, like in boxing, you know what I'm saying? It's like a jab, right hook.
1: Combination
0: hit, Bill. It's like, you have a combo, it's a combo, and it's just like, oh, and I'm like, oh, they, we got them, we got them. And it's like, they locked in. So it's like, you, I knew that we had a very engaged audience, and they about to be making noise and everything, or we got a very quiet audience that's going to be but they all enjoyed it, but it's just like you say, it's funny to, to get those reactions and sometimes it's not what you expect. And you're like, oh shoot, like I didn't mess, th- I didn't mess up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh man.
1: But it, I mean, either way it go, it's still good to like hear their reaction. And I mean, like, so, so all, all of our films and you, you can, you can kind of understand it too, cause you're a filmmaker, Other filmmakers filmmakers that, that's listening would agree. Um, 100% on this statement, and I don't give that many statements where everybody is going to agree. But every film that you give, that you give to the world is like having birth to a baby, right? These, each mm-hmm. one of our films are like our, our children, right? And we want our children to grow up and be successful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, we don't want anybody to say we got ugly kids. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like you just you, I, I don't no keep no, that to yourself, man. You know what I'm saying? Right, That's why right, it's so right. hard to be a filmmaker because the moment you put out a film and somebody don't like it and they get right a bad review or they say, Oh yeah, your sound sucks, or something like that, it's like you talking about my kids, man. Yeah. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. And and when they love your kids. It's beautiful because, like, all right, yeah. yeah, I raised that that boy. He's doing yeah, all right. Yeah. Kind of shipping you know. And, and, and so it's always good to sit in the audience and see how people react to your children because you put a lot of work, you give birth to something like something that was an idea, mm-hmm. goes on paper, and you write it down as a script. And the first moment where it really dawns on you when you have a table read and they give life to the characters that you just imagined in your head. And you get to that table read and you're like, man, I can I can hear it. It's like getting real, you know what I'm saying? And then you start mm-hmm. seeing them act it out. And then you cut it and you edit it and you put it all together, I'm like, yo, this was an idea. And now it's a film that can people that can like minister to the people, you know?
2: Mm-hmm. And,
1: and mm-hmm. it's that's the beauty of filmmaking, you know, is going from a concept to the finished product, inputs and outputs, right? Mm-hmm. That process mm-hmm. of filmmaking is rigorous, it's painful, it's like delivering a baby. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> so, mm-hmm. I mean,
1: I've never delivered a baby, but I, I, think, I've it. <laughs> I, I think it's painful, right? <laughs> but when, when the baby is given to the mother, they're not really thinking about the pain as much as they are experiencing the joy of having right that baby, right so as painful as it is to going through all the stuff that we go through as filmmakers when we finally finish and we get that finished that baby it's like whoo we can we can take that breath and breathe and then let it go ahead and show it to the world you know what i'm saying show it to the world.
0: i i agree I, I i agree i will say this though i will say that sometimes <laughs> them ugly babies you know it's this this gonna sound very wrong but sometimes you know you you them ugly baby posts you put up and people talking about it you see this this baby oh my god the, it, it, this is so wrong i might have to edit this i might have to edit this a little bit but but, you gotta
2: edit but it, don't say it, man no, no i want to
0: hear it. but the point the point that i'm making about like you said the, the ugly baby reference is sometimes though ugly babies bring more attention to the movie than than you know what i'm saying true, true. the cute baby photos and it it, it and you can say it could be negative attention, but I guess somebody would say attention is attention. And and as you see by those uh the Tyler Perry film that was on Netflix. Yeah. What was that uh Far From Grace? Man, he has so much, you know, negative press that probably drove the ratings up on that thing. But yeah, yeah. I a hundred percent agree with you though, man. Though.
1: man, I from a from a filmmaker to a filmmaker, there's no way he could have intentionally I mean, he he could have been there's no way he, he would have been negligible and miss all that stuff. Like I think yeah. those things was intentional in yes. order to drive the views because they probably was on black Twitter saying, did y'all see the dude with the cup? Yes. You know, did y'all see this and that? And then they knew all the flaws. So they put it out there and not everybody's talking about it. Like that's the genius kind of marketing. You know what I'm saying? Yes. And, and yeah. There's no way you can have that kind of money and have them wigs like that. Those type of okay
0: you know what I'm I saying? Like just, that I was so to be. confused, yeah. We go,
1: we go, we go, Intentional. We got to jack the wig because this one, like, just listen to <laughs> Everybody going to watch this because they're going to be talking about the wig. I know what I'm doing. I've been making movies for, you know, Tyler Perry, man. That guy's a genius, bro.
0: He's a genius businessman. I was going to say that because you could say that's a brazen, you know, uh chance to take, but he knows his audience better than yeah. like you know, he yeah. knows his audience <laughs> and and what buttons to push, shit. So, no, I yeah, I, man, I, I do cool. believe that. Yeah. But, no, I, I agree. Like, man, we, we want to put the best you know, uh, possible work out there. And then those responses, we hope that people receive it well. Everybody won't receive it well. Um, You know, but you can learn from those. If it's constructive criticism or if it's, you know what I'm saying, if it's just trolls. Yeah,
1: you still learn from trolls. I mean, I've gotten like feedback from films that we've made and I'm like, okay, I'm not going to make that same mistake on the next one. Mm -hmm. You know, so... You definitely can learn, like every filmmaker, you know, would like to to get better, like want their next film to be better. And if people got an issue with it and if it's like legit, like sometimes you just gotta look truth in the face and be like, yo, like, yeah, we missed it. <laughs> you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. Like oh, yeah. they just telling us something that we already know, you know, but mm-hmm. if they just being nasty just to be nasty and it's like, you know, you know, uh, that's when you're they're talking about the kids and it ain't. it's not true. You no, know, right. don't misrepresent <laughs> right. the kids. You know, right. if ugly, you ugly. All right, the baby ugly. Yeah, I got it. Some people make bad films. They just don't want to when they tell them to their face
0: the films are bad. But I, I don't know how our wife's gonna feel about. They're gonna make me edit. Oh, well, she can like do not. You need to edit out the ugly baby stuff. She gonna. Look, I know why they're gonna see it.
1: Look here, look here. <laughs> there are some bad films out here. No such thing as the ugly baby, but there are also bad films out here. Does that, does that help? <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yo. So so, talk about man. Um, Africa through the eyes of the visionary. How did that come about, man? Like, and then just getting over there, and and putting that. I mean, this was a monumental task. But looking at you know what I'm saying, I say it's monumental just because it's like a lot of people. Are, oh, I'm going to do this. I want to tell this story. And but I mean, to actually execute it, to go over there, to be over there. You had someone over there that was like taking you around. He was in the documentary like it, it was just it was incredible, man. And so talk about, I guess, just how did that come about and, and getting it done?
1: All right. So we I've always had a desire to go to Africa, and, you know, from the moment I started studying history, I've always felt that that I was lied to, like I said in the, in, in the trailer for the for the documentary. And I'm like, I want to go over and see it for myself. I want to go over there, like anywhere in Africa. And and the guys from a table got a, the table is is a Bible study group. You know, some men we've been meeting for like the last 15 years. And we all decided to go to uh, Kenya. And I think we were going to spend some time in Ethiopia. And one of the guys that go to the table, his name is Waka. And um, he invited us to Ethiopia. it was about 10 of us that all signed up and said we, we wanted to go. And then the group went down to, like, five. Then it went down to, like, three. And then it, drilled, it was down to two. Me and, w- and Walker was going over there because Walker's from Ethiopia. So he was okay, headed yeah. anyway. So he was going regardless if we were going or not. And I'm like... All these dudes said that they was gonna go, and now they're not gonna go. I'm like, man. was it like
0: what? What was it the cost? Because I know it is. It cost a lot. I uh, mean, know.
1: we 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 end up getting like some some decent deals, man. It wasn't it wasn't okay. that bad. They just they just for whatever reason, everybody just kind of dropped out. Like it's kind of like everybody say, yeah, I want to go to Africa, and everybody sign up. And it was like, all right, everybody pay their money by the twentieth, and nobody paid their money. You know, it's like when it started getting serious, people were like. You know, they don't work good with deadlines when, when they don't really want to do it. You know, right, that that, right. that, that, that the truth, right? Mm-hmm. And um so so Waka approached me about making this movie about this Ethiopian leader and I'm like, yo, this guy sounds amazing. And I started, you know, doing research about him and I'm like, yo, we need to go over there and do some research about this guy. And I'm like, all right, well let's let's do it. And I end up going over there and I was just capturing footage of, like, you know, the whole experience. And by, like, the second or third day, I'm like, yo, we got, like, some really good footage. We might mess around and have us a documentary here, you know? So at that point, then we like, okay, we need to mic ourselves up. And, 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 and i shoot you, you shoot me, or we have somebody else shoot both of us. And, and, uh-huh. and then we, we started really shooting the documentary after, like, the second or third day.
0: So I, I thought you went over there with the intention to do a documentary.
1: I did not go over there with the intention wow. of doing a We went over there with the intention of documenting enough stuff about this Ethiopian leader and Ethiopian culture to be able to come back, write a good script, and then produce the movie, get funding and all that wow. stuff, which is still in wow. our hearts to do, you know. Um, but then it was like, oh you no, know, we going to all these different historic sites and I'm like, man, let's, let's just tell a story about, you know, we originally was going to call it like Africa through our eyes or whatever, but it's like a million Africa through our eyes videos out there. and I'm Like, yeah, That'd yeah, be yeah. you know, so, um, but anyway, so, so, so Waka just, you know, who, who's, who was phenomenal because he's like a historian himself mm-hmm. and I studied some stuff too. And both of us coming together really made. A real good story because he got an African Ethiopian perspective. I got an African American Detroit Grand River Schoolcraft perspective, and you know we was able to tell a, a beautiful story. You know, and then also once I left Ethiopia, I think another year later I went to I went back to Egypt. You know, and then me and my wife we went to Egypt, and then we we went over there and we documented that stuff, our experiences there. You man, know. talk
0: about Egypt, bro. Like that's one place that I, that's one of the places I really want to go and see the pyramids. I, it still baffles my mind. The 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 ingenuity and, and just and I'm sure as an engineer. Yes, you you're there like, yo, what the heck? What yo, the heck?
1: Man. I was I was I mean, I've talked to people in Africa. And I said, and I asked them, you know, which place would I should I, should I go to? If I never been in any country, what place should I go to? And they was like, you need to go to Egypt. <laughs> like, go check out Egypt. And I went there, and I saw like the pyramids. That's that's one thing, but like these temples that they had, you know, you saw the videos with the temples and how big mm-hmm. these pillars and stuff was. And I was like, oh, like they put all this stuff together thousands of years ago. This was like they didn't have these modern day technology that we had. I mean, they had to have some really great engineering skills to be able to do that. And the symmetry was was like perfection.
0: So let me ask you this, let me ask you this. Now, this may seem out of super left field. I listen to a lot of random podcasts and read some random stuff, though, conspiracy theory things. Do you think they had help from aliens? <laughs> I'm listen, kinda joking, but I'm seriously asked, cause you hear I'm hear something like, yo, how is this? This is too perfect. This like too let me, perfect.
1: Let me let me explain something to you, man. I was listening to a Bible teaching class. I mean, I think they had this thing on iTunes University where you can listen to like actual college classes, right? And I think it, mm-hmm. I don't know if it was church history or systematic theology, whatever it was. It was something and then the teacher said there is no evidence of the Egyptians being black, right? He said this on, on the the show and I'm, I'm pretty sure he had all white students. He was just comfortable in saying it, but I, as a, you know, person that's getting into the Bible and listening in the classes and I'm like, yo, I I don't quite understand why you would say that, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And when I went to Egypt or Kemet, I went there and there's, there's, there's no way you can go there and, and, and not see that the people that was there were, were black. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. with the locks in their hair and the way that they had, the stuff that they drew. They, like they left mad evidence of their their blackness, right? Mm-hmm. And what, what society can't do because they look at it from a perspective of us being enslaved and only thing that we were good for is picking cotton and doing stuff around, you know, the house or whatever, that we can't be engineers like global leading intellectual giants. Like, mm-hmm. like they can't wrap their minds around us being so organized that we can put together an entire civilization. Mm-hmm. Like, no, 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 blacks, they can't do that they must have had help from aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wrap my mind around black scholars doing this kind of work. You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, so they put this garbage out there to say, hey, you know, aliens must have did this or whatever. It, it, it's out of this world. Yeah, it is out of this world mm-hmm. that we mm-hmm. were geniuses before we were enslaved and, and captured. And then they took a lot of that knowledge from from us and I talked about it in the film but
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know mm-hmm. like like I was just in awe and I felt like a sense of pride like yo like like my people <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I'm saying and that's
0: why I asked that question to you because like specifically and I was being silly but serious at the same time because I know being an engineer and then being there in the space yeah. and seeing it and touching it I'm like, okay, let me ask this question. To see, and your answer was just amazing. I mean, it was, you know, it was you answered that beautifully. And so, now saying that, like again, like the ingenuity and the genius of of these temples and these pyramids, like I mean, what was the feeling, man? Like when you're standing in that space, when you when you you know seeing this stuff, man. I mean, I I can't imagine. Like, what what were you feeling?
1: The one everybody needs to just see this documentary.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: And and I haven't really put it. I haven't put it out yet. I'm actually getting the, the music rescored. I was running into issues with the uh, with the licensing music. and stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know that that just that just a mess everything up. So I'm getting it rescored, and then I have it out pretty soon. But knowing that you know Jesus' family went to Egypt to hide. Right, knowing that he was in different temples, and then I walked into like the biggest temple that they had in Egypt. I know we went to two of the biggest temples, and I'm like, "Yo, Jesus had to be up in here." <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like this temple is is amazing. I'm like, "Yo, could I be walking in a place where Jesus walked?"
2: Mm-hmm.
1: You know what I'm saying? Can I be walking in a place where all these people like Joseph and you know what I'm saying? Because he was he was like second in command in Egypt, right? So he spent the time. Going down like we, me and my wife, we took a ride down the Nile River. You know, like anybody else from the Bible, like was in this river, Could have been
0: going down. right? You, <laughs> you know? got to feel some type of energy. There's got to be some energy that's yeah, in that. Man. that space. It's, it's,
1: it was, it was just beautiful, man. But, but the, the, like, like the history of it is definitely there. But I definitely felt out of pocket because it is Arab state. You follow what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And everybody there was really protective. And they didn't it seemed like they didn't want you to see or uncover a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? But I but when, when we did come there, they would say welcome home. They they mm-hmm. knew what they were talking about when they said welcome home, you know what I'm saying? Wow. Um, wow. But but it, it, it felt great, man. Like putting putting your hands on a pyramid or like yo, like I touched the pyramids, bro. Like it was yeah. like, you know one of the wonders of the world and then you actually put your hand on it. It's like, you know, you just have to sit back and just be in awe that, that they built these things with no, um, what's the stuff they put in between the cement, the, 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 to keep the cement together, uh, keep the bricks, you know, they didn't put anything in between the bricks. Like they, they, um, they machined these bricks so fine that, when you put them together, they began to stick together, and you can't put a piece of paper through it, right? So so that's how they built the pyramids. It wasn't that they used a whole bunch of stuff to, to stack it on top of each other to, to, to make it bind. Like they, The precision of the bricks was so out cold <laughs> that they just put the bricks on top of the bricks, and the bricks just stuck together. You know, like I I, I
0: just, yeah, man. I
1: I, I did some stuff in engineering where we had to grind these one, two, three blocks, and when you grind them up so fine and you push them together, they stick. You know what I'm saying? So I've I've seen that, and I'm like, yo, y'all did this with bricks, (laughs) right?
0: And then by like with with tools that they like, I can't even wrap my head around it, bro. Like that the precision and the mathematics and the accuracy that you have to, you know what I'm saying? I'm like. (laughs) Like, you know, my, my, the way my brain works, it's like, I wonder, like, what, you know, what I'm saying how many mistakes they made with these bricks, you know? And oh, yeah, what, they, they, got, they had like, a whole
1: bunch of failed pyramids. They got pyramids that 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 are like rubble or whatever, because they didn't get it right. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. But, you know, there's multiple pyramids that it was like, yo, this is they they, they missed. It. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But then those great pyramids, they still there, bro. It's like, yeah, they, we, we got it right, you know. But they, I mean, Yo, I did not know there planets, was like bro.
0: the messed Inflation. up. Period. I didn't. Wow, yeah, this that's man, that's just incredible. Well, I'm gonna get there one day, man. I I, I I know you were trying to put together a trip, you know. Um, yeah, that was kind of a part of the thing that you were you were working on doing, I it, man. Still, I
1: still have it in my heart to, for us to take our families out there, man, and do it and do a trip, man. So um, maybe when the film come out and, and we get some success, I mean, you know, I, I wanted to make it. Economical, um, where you know, Pookie and Ray Ray can go, but I wanted right. to be like in such a nice place where even the, the bougie brothers and sisters can go there and have a good time too. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Time.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. and,
1: and uh, from a price standpoint, you know, it probably right now be the best time to go because, yeah, for real. They don't want us over there and we ain't trying to go nowhere right about yeah. now. So, yeah. um, but but I,
0: it's definitely in my heart for us to go. Yeah, it was it's incre- like I said, seeing the documentary was incredible and, and what, I can't wait till you release it, you know, so people can can see it and really I mean it's so much knowledge in there. It's just it's just again like the history, man, and, and I, I I know going there, seeing that coming back, I'm sure it was like a perspective shift, mm-hmm. you know, and and just you know, about your about yourself, you know what I'm saying? Could you talk to that, like speak to that? Like um, what, what, once you did you did the doc again, you didn't even go over there with the intention of doing it, but to have that vision to say, hey, let's make it. Most people probably wouldn't even, you know, you're gonna take the pictures, do the videos, whatever, come back and it's like, cool, we can put in a photo album. But you had that vision to be like, oh, we can do something bigger with this. And so how did it sh- change you, man, that experience? It was, I
1: mean, I, I just, Every time, like I've been to Africa three times, and every time I land in Africa, I think I cry. I think mm. I cried when I went to Ghana last time. I definitely, I definitely cried the first two times. I'm pretty sure I shed a tear when I it was. It's like, it's like, the connection that we have to the motherland. You know, uh, it's just a special place, right? You know, mm. and I, I love just going over there and everything about it, because we've been taught our whole life that it was jungles and mud huts and stuff like that. It was nothing noble came from there. And then when I went over there, I'm like, yo, this is some, some pretty noble stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I would definitely say that, you know, anybody who go over there can, will have a better perspective of us And like I mentioned before, the perspective of us being African-Americans is like we only, you know, our history started with slavery. Yeah. You know, nobody told us that we, you know, develop all of this engineering and mathematics and sciences and all that stuff. Nobody told us that we educated the the Europeans that came over to Egypt to to learn and study. You know what I'm saying? Like they never told us that they they know it. You know, and it's like, yo, like to, to for it to dawn on you, it's like, yo, we, we've we been there before, we can we can make we can be there, we can go there again, you know. So, mm-hmm. so, um, I, 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 I'm I like speechless, <laughs>
0: yeah,
1: you know, but it, it's definitely life changing when you go there and see those things for yourself, you know.
0: Yeah, I, I definitely want to probably the first country in Ghana, and I, and that's because I just remember being small, and my dad, my dad's a huge, you know, black historian, like, he just loves black history, um, and and he would take us all around this, the country, man, like, when we were young, going to, the, you know, he has a goal of getting hitting all 50 states, um, but he's always looking for, like, African-American uh, memorabilia, and history in some of these places that may not be like commercial, you know what I'm saying? Right. And so so he's he's just always taking us to places. And I remember being young and he took us, we were, we were like making this, doing this huge trip. We went to Disney World. I think I was about 12 or 13 at the time. And we went to Disney World and, and we drove up from Florida. We had a family reunion in Georgia. We went down to Florida, Disney World, came back up, went to North Carolina, South Carolina, and we were just visiting family. And then we, so we sleeping and then, You know, we wake up and then my dad pulls off into like this wooded area, and he's like, "All right, let's get out." I'm like, "Where the heck? Where we at, Daddy? Where we at?" And so we like get out and walk through like this, I don't know, this trail. I, you know, I was I was twelve, so I don't remember fully, but we walk through this little wooded area, then we stop at like this tree, and he's like, "Y'all know what this is?" And I'm like, "No." (laughs) <laughs> he was like, just start guessing. I'm like, come on, Dad, we don't know what it is, so why are we going we don't even have the knowledge of it, so why are we running through? So he said, just guess, just guess. So we, I don't know, so eventually he says, this is like, this is where the slaves, the first slaves came in to the country. So we were in Jamestown and we didn't know, you know, so he was like, and I remember this man, like he was like, this is where the slaves, the first slaves came in, the boats came in and they got off and, and this is where they came in from, from. from, they came in from Ghana, from the Gold Coast. And like one day we're going to go to where they left out of and we gonna, we going to go there. And so that for me, I'm like, I I, I want to, you know, he hasn't made that trip yet. And that's a trip that hopefully I can make with him, you know, um, and I'm, I'm, take I'm my gonna,
1: son. I'm going to just tell you, bro. I've been to Elmina Castle, mm-hmm,
0: the mm-hmm.
1: place where they had, you know, the point of no return, the door and all mm-hmm. that stuff. You have to be ready for that. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I I thought I was ready for it. I wasn't. I went to that castle and I'm just looking at the different chambers and stuff, like the way that they foul, you know, all of those, you know, beautiful African people. Um, you know, they, they and then, you know, put them on boats and then they would never come back again or whatever. Mm-hmm. And and I I the dude said he said one thing, he was like, this is the door of no return and he showed us you know the door or whatever but he says today we are returning turn around and you can go back right and when he said that it, it just pierced my heart like only thing that's separating me from going through the door of no return is time hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And and I went back out, and we went back into this little lobby thing, man, and I started crying like a baby, man. I couldn't even – I literally had to, like, crouch down on the wall, like, you know. And I normally be, like, ready to take video, do pictures. Man, I ain't want I ain't want to capture none of that place mm-hmm. with me. You know what I'm saying? I was mm-hmm. like, yo, like, this is that – was, that was the most painful experience that I've ever had. Um. You know traveling, you know just just going there, knowing the love I have for the people and the and Mm -hmm. the 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 painful stain of of slavery in America. You know what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. and and knowing that you know our ancestors fought for our freedom. You know and 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 all the stuff that happened and went along with it. It was just it was just painful, man. But it was it was a necessary evil for me to see it and Mm -hmm. and and be a part of it because it is a part of our history. You know, mm. but I don't want mm. people to, to, to just walk away with that's the only time that we came over here. Right. We came right. over here right. before that, you know, the Omex, you know, came over here and we were explorers all over the world. And, you know, they, they, they did bring a lot of us over here, but a lot of us was already here.
0: You know what I'm saying? Don't mm. get it.
1: Don't get it twisted. <laughs> you know what I'm saying?
0: But anyway. You said the Omex? Now I have to, that little history, I'm about to write that down. The Omex.
1: Yeah. O O
0: L M E C. You said O L O L M E C yes. O L M E C yeah. the Omex. Yeah, I'm gonna Olmec. have to look those up. No, nah, man, like, so, I mean, the closest thing. Oh, okay, I see a picture popped up of the. Yeah, the, the okay, I've seen this in a museum somewhere. Like Yeah, some
1: I, the, I had um, that in my movie
0: because
1: they had an so- Omeg head in Ethiopia.
0: That's where it was. It, and was, it, was, so a it was a weapons gun. Okay. Yeah, revisionist history. I'm like, I'm doing a revisionist history up here. Anymore. Where I so yeah. So it was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, I'm gonna have to have to learn about that. I'm gonna read about that, man. No, that's dope. Um, the closest thing I came to that, like you say, like that feeling, I, and I, and I, yeah, I'm, I don't know if I can even prepare for that. But um, was the Smithsonian Museum in DC, the Black History Museum? Yeah. Um, yeah. Going through that, you know, it just kind of hits you in a way. Just like, man. And I think what's interesting too is I learned about, you know, my wife is from Jamaica. And so I learned about, I remember when I visited Jamaica. Um, and um, let me see, this One down the battery. Okay, I was looking at my battery. I remember I visited Thank Jamaica. What I was just doing uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Um, got one bar you know, left. <laughs> oh, you got one bar? Okay, yeah, we gonna wrap it up too. Like, I know when I uh, visited Jamaica for the first time, one of the things that I, that really struck me was like the, the pride. And I always tell my wife, I was like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of and not pride in an in egotistical way, but just, you know, this love of country and the pride that they had. And people that may have been in areas of the island that were, uh, weren't, weren't, weren't um, flourishing. Like, you know what I'm saying? It wasn't a big city, it was more rural. And, and people may have been poorer, but they just had this sense of pride in, in themselves and, and, and love for country it, that I didn't sense, you know, that I, that I didn't necessarily sense growing up in the hood. Like I was like, I don't sense that same. And when I went over there and I felt that, I'm like, what is that? And I never really understood what that was until I went to the Smithsonian and the African American Irish Museum, and I started looking at the history of slavery and specifically in like, you know, the the um, in, in Jamaica, you know, they they uh, freed themselves. They revolted and and they pushed out, you know, their masters, and they pushed out the and they, and they freed, they liberated themselves. Mac-
1: macaroons, or, yeah. Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, Nanny the macaroon, yeah, they they and they they liberated themselves, and so I'm like, oh, I'm like that's okay. They don't, they don't,
1: they don't teach those stories. They, they don't know.
0: teach those. So I'm like, oh, that's where that that thing that that, that I felt that spirit of, of pride and like yeah. love yeah. comes from. Um, yeah. and it taught me a lot haiti about I'm like the okay,
1: thing too you, know? you said where haiti haiti yeah,
0: yeah 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 they
1: they they were they were like one of the first ones to uh to do that, you know that's the whole reason they had the uh Louisiana purchase because they yeah. of haiti and yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know they but they don't want us to to know about the the you know the victors are the ones that write the history books, yeah, you know what I'm yeah. saying, you
0: know. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, 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 you know, eventually they, they they end up treating Haiti the way they treat Haiti now, because they're still mad at Haiti yeah. for what they do in the <laughs> yeah. 1700s. Yeah. You know, um. but, uh, but yeah, that, that sense of pride, man, that's a, that's a beautiful thing, because, like, we it's, it's, it's crazy just being, uh, you know, especially in the times that we're living in right now, you know, as African-Americans, man, it's like people look at us it, funny when we have a sense of pride of who we are. You know, mm-hmm. or you, you you too militant or you this and that. It's like, you know, if, if, if I got a dude or a neighbor who's who's from, from China and he's he's proud of his Chinese heritage, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But as soon mm-hmm. as I say I'm proud of my African heritage, then people look at me like, well, you know, uh, that's too black. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, uh,
2: right. So I'm, right.
1: I'm making a point to where my African hat, you know, everywhere I go. Um, and I love Africa the way that somebody who's passionately in love with Michigan State loves mm-hmm. Michigan State.
2: Mm-hmm. You
1: know, they always rocking the green and white or they always mm-hmm. rock, rocking, you know, blue and maize or whatever. And they got the Michigan loan, like they get M's tattooed on their arms or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, how can mm-hmm. you be so passionate about a university? Some of me had never even went to. Um, but look at me funny when I'm passionate about a continent that my, my people and my ancestors are from. You know
0: what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yep.
1: I'm like, so how come it's normal with you to do that, but I can't be considered normal as well, you know? But anyway.
0: And that's a whole lot to like, unpack right I, I, there. I, I digress, man. No, we, that's a whole lot to unpack. To make about that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> about that. That's, a, man, that's a, a couple podcasts, a series on, on what that is. Because, yeah, I don't even know where to even begin <laughs> on that. Because that's, that's real. Like, what is that? What what is it if if I'm proud of about where I come from? Why does it drudge up so much, you know, uh, awkwardness and anxiety and and kind of like disrespect? How <laughs> does it? Drud- where does that come from? And that's I mean that's a lot to unpack right there. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, yeah yeah bro. No man, this has been I say we can we can keep going on and on. But man, I, I appreciate having you on, bro. Like, um, where can people find you? Um, you, where can they find your website? Where can they find your social media, your work? Where, where can they find you?
1: All right. So I am on uh, Instagram, Tamashian TV. You know, I'm pretty sure you have the correct spelling of my name up there.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, um, yeah. yeah TV. Uh I'm on Facebook a lot, you know. So just, you know, add me, add me on there. My website is uh, TBOP Media, which stands for the Body of Praise Media. And... and um I definitely have to give it a, a shout out to my wife, Tavia. In any interview that I do, so you can't cut this part out, man. Any interview no. I do, I, I, I have to give a shout out to my beautiful queen, Tavia, who, uh, like I said, we've been married for for 19 years, man. But uh, you know, she's the uh, apple of my eye. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so yeah, that's that's, that's my bank.
0: Man, y'all a beautiful couple, man. Y'all work beautifully together. Like, I want to throw this out there, too. Like, can you see, watch you all work on the film sets, just watching how you you guys just converse with each other and work with each other. I mean, I mean, you're a wonderful team. And I, 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 before I forget, I want to put this out there for people listening. You guys have a um, a venue. It's, the, it's called the Body of Praise Dance Factory but um, I mean, you do dance classes out of there. You, have, you do photography sessions in there. You mm-hmm. also have it open to people that want to do events in your venue. So if you want to share that information, people where they can go find you, your venue. Cause when, you know, when everything got opened back up from Corona, you know. Yeah, Yeah,
1: we fit about 50 people in there uh, for events and, you know, baby showers, or you want to teach a class. We got people teaching uh, classes there. Um, so, so yeah, and it's a dance studio too. So we've done ballroom dancing, we've done ballet, jazz, tap, you know, so the body of praise dance factory.com is, um, where you can find it. And and the praise is with a Z. So body of praise, you know, and that's what T-Bot media is, the body of praise media. So a lot of people just see T-Bot media. They don't understand what he is. So the body of praise, we all come together to put our gifts and talents together to give God glory and praise God with our unique talents, you know? So, so that's the body of praise. We all make up. So if you look at the logo, it's a whole bunch of people inside of the logo that's working together to make up the body, kind of like the body of Christ, you know? Mm -hmm. So, um, so that's just
0: it. So so yeah, in the show notes. Yeah. I'm gonna put that, the website links and social media handles in the show notes. And then finally, I know you all do, um, you guys have a marriage ministry that you oh, you do workshops um, and it is the marriage engineers. So if you could speak to that a little bit.
1: Yeah. The, mar- the marriage engineers, man, we, we got a lot of stuff going on, man. We, we just getting ready to launch one little thing where everybody can get access to all our stuff. And well, all the different things that we do with the teaching, like algebra classes, pre-algebra classes or whatever. People ask, how can we wow. get in that class? So, like we, we're getting ready to put something together where you can get an algebra class, photography class, <laughs> video class, dance lessons, marriage counseling. <laughs> like like wow. all of stuff but well, we don't do marriage counseling. I mean, we're not counselors. Like, yeah, I got the quotations in the air. Um, But marriage engineers is, again, us taking our engineering experiences that we use to solve problems for, you know, GM and Ford and all these big three um, organizations. And we teach people how to solve problems in their marriages, Mm -hmm. you know. So from a systematic way, again, a marriage is a process, right? It's a process Mm -hmm. where two people are becoming one flesh, right? So it's a lifelong assembly process. So that's what we teach and we teach people how to have good assembly processes and the end product would be what the Lord called for it to be, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So we do workshops. We were doing more workshops like every month. And, um, you know, when, when COVID, this COVID thing happened, it was kind of like, it was just kind of weird, you know, we hit, so we kind of put a pause on it. But you can go to our Facebook page, uh, The Marriage Engineers, and then also we have uh, – the marriage engineers dot um, com okay so you can go, to that, go to that as well so we do workshops and all that stuff too and you know one, one we want to give people who we are and
0: help out as much as we can you know no no great no man so you all heard that i'm gonna put everything in the show notes for everybody listening and and, and go and support um, his brother his his wife you know beautiful family what they're doing is just great for the community and for the i mean for the world it's not just you know what i'm saying it's a global what y'all are doing and so um i appreciate you being on man I, like i said earlier in the podcast um you know you've, you've inspired me from from the from afar when i was first was watching what you all were putting out and then meeting you and talking more i mean just got me even more i'm like are oh, you a good brother man and just like it, it, it's again like our conversations that we have we don't talk a whole lot but when we when we do talk you know we be going on the phone we be on the phone for a minute and when we see yeah. each other man and we work together it's just always good vibes good conversation man and so I'm always learning and and growing being around you bro and so I um, appreciate it bro man no. you, you, your team is awesome too
1: bro you know stuff that y'all doing can't shake a stick at it man I like y'all, y'all like doing it the little marriage vow, eye vow thing and, and, and collaborating with all those film filmmakers and actors. I mean, that was beautiful, bro. Like, you oh, know,
0: thanks, man. Thanks.
1: Uh, I love it. You know, the movie that you did, you know, beautiful The stuff that, you know, the, the live, live positive. Um, all, that stuff all the short positive.
0: films in that series. Yeah. 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 Like, like
1: all that, all that stuff was good too. I watched all that stuff, man. And, um, you know, it's, 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 it's beautiful, bro. I like, I love filmmaking. I love, talking
0: to filmmakers. <laughs> yeah. No, I appreciate it, man. I, like I said, y'all people in the in the community a lot of times we don't give each other their props and like, you know, um give them their roses enough. And I it's, some of people were competing and tearing people down or you don't want to say, you know what I'm saying? And So it's just like it's you got to let people know how you feel and like really give um respect and respects do it. Like I said, when I when I saw I love that hurts. I'm like, oh, I got to step my game all the way up. <laughs> it's like, dang. I was like, man. And, and and I'll say this, and then we can wrap it up, but like a lot of people will will see something like that and feel threatened and be like either, you know what I'm saying? They feel threatened and it, it, it's like, you should look and say, how can I learn? How can I get around those people and learn, but add value as well, whatever value I can add. Like, mm-hmm. um, how can I add value? How can I learn, you know? And that's what it's about, man. Now, and again, going through everything you said, you were just, how you just watched, learned, you figured out the stuff. And when you went off and you did your own thing, man, you had learned these things and went through it, but you wasn't afraid to ask questions and you wasn't afraid to jump in and do it, man. It's that humility and, and and knowing that, you know, to, to get better, you gotta like humble yourself <laughs> and, oh, and, and learn. Oh, definitely. Definitely.
1: I I I d I, I didn't add in there that I also I I invested in myself as far as online learning programs mm. and stuff like that or whatever. So I I you know, I don't know, I went to like lynda.com, I got a You're subscription right. with them. I had a subscription with um uh like I got one now with master class, mm. you know. And creative live, you know, I, I pay for like yearly subscriptions to get access to all those different platforms and to learn different things. So, stuff I learned on the film set, and it was also stuff I learned from, you know, Ron Howard. Like, you know, any, anybody that, that I mean, I give a plug for this joint right here. Like, if, if you got masterclass and you and you doing a directing or filmmaking and you haven't watched Ron Howard's masterclass, on masterclass, you're doing yourself a disservice. <laughs> you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah. Dude, I, I probably watched that thing about three or four times. Every film that I do, I I go back and I watch that, that again. Like, that thing was phenomenal. But So you got to learn from yeah. people that, that do it. Like, he, he's a filmmaker and he, he yeah. lays it all out. Like, blocking and all that stuff, man. It was, it was beautiful
0: so invest in yourself you have to you have to invest
1: in yourself and i mean if you if you want somebody to pay you you know hundreds of thousand dollars or something to do a film you gotta know hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of stuff i mean you you know you can't come in with you know twenty (laughs) dollars worth of knowledge and ask for ten thousand dollar budget it's like no bro it don't work like that you gotta be able to bring something to the table like you gotta you know and you always got to get better. You never be satisfied with, you know, where you are. Always, you know, like I'm looking at stuff all, like I'm on YouTube. I call it YouTube University, you know, like I'm always looking for the competitive advantage. How do I get mm-hmm. better? You know, so but anyway. Oh, you know?
0: man. <laughs> the <a Magiana>, Visionaire <laughs> Jones, man. Thank you for being on the show. And I hope you all enjoyed yourself, you know, listening. I hope you learned a lot. I mean, there's a lot of knowledge in this podcast, and, and just um, appreciate y'all for listening. And uh, take care. See you next week.